the Pinball Network is online. Launching Final Round Pinball Podcast. Player versus player and player versus machine. Welcome to the final round. You poor soul, you've waited two weeks for this podcast, but we're back. Another edition of Final Round. My name is Jeff Teolis. My name is Martin Robbins. Welcome, everybody, to our shit show. And it is a shit show because every now and then we like to do charitable work and, you know, um, help those less fortunate people. You probably haven't heard these two people. Uh, Let me just tell you, they're nice guys. In fact, some might say head-to-head pinball may have got their idea from listening to their podcast. But I don't know. Nobody says that. Somebody might say, you know, they really helped pinball profile get off the ground. I'll deny it. I'll just say bullshit. Who's saying this shit? Who is saying it? I want names. I don't know. Fact checkers, I guess they call themselves. But the point is, we want to introduce you for the first time ever, even though I think they've been on the Pinball Network. I don't know. Uh, I got to pull up the sheet here, read the names. Uh, They do a podcast. It's called, well, this sounds cute, Slam Tilt Podcast, Bruce Nightingale, Ron Hallett, and they join us now from upstate New York. Hello, Bruce. Hello, Ron. Hello. Hello. I think we got Marty his gig now, too, because uh, he's now hired by uh, a pinball company. We've gotten a lot of uh, the guys we know hired by pinball companies, so we're, we're good on that. Are you suggesting I need to give you a cut of my salary now? Of course, right now. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, yeah. Sold. Yeah. How come we can't get in pinball games? I don't get it. Marty's been in a pinball game. He's programming a pinball game. Jeff's been in a pinball game. When am I in a pinball game? You're in Zach's. Yes. Oh. You're in this poker game. I'm in a homebrew that no one outside of Upstate will play. You know, I'm in a homebrew game as well, but I'm not 100% sure that it's going to be homebrew for much longer. So uh, I'm kind of, I don't know the answer, but I'm kind of waiting to see. Pornhub the game, yes. You know, you have no idea how close that is to what we're going to be doing in a few minutes, but. Congratulations. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. It's great. I mean, it's it's what everybody really wants. If we If we're really honest. Everyone wants to work in pinball, and it's the whole idea of uh, never having to work a day in the life now because you're doing what you love, and that's kind of what it is. Hear that, Damien? He's slacking already. Just started, and he says, <laughs> I'm not doing any work. I I sit next to Damien every day. He knows that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'm going to give you a world exclusive, guys. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I'm ready. 104. Oh, you bought one. Mm-hmm. That's great. Let me just tell you, Marty's going to say all kinds of great things, but he's biased. I'm going to say it, and I'm not biased. That is a fucking incredible quality machine you're buying. The play field, everything else. Like, ask Dr. John, and, and we all talk. Ask him about his Kelts machine and how incredibly put together that is. Yep. He was one of the reasons why I was convinced. When I talked to Dr. John about the quality and everything like that, I was like, yep. And that sold me. Yeah. Oh, you're not worried about the code? <laughs> No, no. Uh, 1.0 is fine. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm good with that. <laughs> Are we talking about Fathom? Yes. Is that what we're talking about? Okay, okay. Revisited to give it its full title. It's really interesting. We, we've tried to work out who's been buying the machine on the strength of 
the quality of the machine and who's buying it on the strength of the new code. It's really hard to tell. I did it Com- because of the quality. It's a combination, right? No, no, no. It's all about it's all about quality. <laughs> who who does competitive pinball? We've all proven that nobody listens to competitive pinball. And- that that is quite true. Yes. Yeah. Actually, our podcast we do the two things that nobody listens to. Uh, we do tur- tournament talk and tech talk. They're like the two kisses of death for podcasts. Or you could say that that's what makes Slam Tilt so unique is that you do that. And that is a niche market and a niche audience that I actually really appreciate that you do that. I'm not going to pay any more compliments, but I'm glad that you do it. And you know I'm a big fan of Slam Tilt. Yes, we know that very much so. Thank you. I was very surprised at Ed Robertson last week, talking or two weeks ago, talking about uh, old classic Stearns and his wheelhouse. Oh, yeah. I was very much enjoying that part. I was like, yeah, come to the dark side. We have cookies. <laughs> so let's talk about I don't want to talk too much about Fathom I've always said let Damien be the, the, the face of Haggis mm-hmm. and he can continue that but Jeff and I were talking about this before we started recording today what's really interesting if you two gentlemen can cast your memories back I don't know whether it was on your show or whether it was on Head to Head where we had a Stern versus Bally oh yeah Bally Battle Royale and you tell me how that went Oh, Bally barely won. <laughs> <laughs> barely. I mean, it was, it was like, I think, 9-8 or something like that, really close. But we all really inside know that, you know, Stearns are better. Far superior. Far superior. Eh, I, I think they're both great. It's 1A, 1B. I agree. But yeah, 1A is Stern. 1, 2, 1B is a B for Bally. So we're right there with it. So out of any old classic game... Are you guys both like Dragon Fist or Stargazer or Stars or which is your number one Stern game? Mm. Uh, Stargazer. Ah, Meteor. I would go Stargazer too. I like Meteor a lot too, but I, I definitely think Stargazer's super fun and it's the rareness. I add that factor. Now, your number one Bally game that you could get. Like or own? In that kind of era, in that early 80s era. I've already owned a Centaur, so Fathom is right up my... I actually owned a Fathom at one time, but I never put it together because it was a project that I just passed on when I got the bar. So I have to say Fathom is right up there, or what I got already, which is my hot dog, and you don't see many of them. Uh, me, uh, Centaur. There's so many to choose from for Bally. So the thing about the Bally titles for me, and I'm speaking because I know it's uncomfortable for Marty to say, but <laughs> for me, the Bally titles... I can name a lot more of them than I can the Stern. I'm all in on Stern, like you say, for even Quicksilver and certainly Stars and Meteor. Uh, Cheetah. Yeah. Yeah, Cheetah, Big Game. I kind of like Big Game more than Cheetah. And definitely Stargazer. I've got a Flight 2000, but there are a lot of... I'd rather have Paragon than Flight 2000. Ooh. uh, Mm, I'll go with you on that. Yeah, Paragon is just... uh, a, a freaking wide body uh, Harlem Globetrotters. And that's a bad thing? <laughs> yeah, it is, because I think the, the tightness of Harlem's better. And three spinners wins, always. But he, <laughs> here's the question, right? In all of this, you can look back and you go, oh, I wish they made this and I wish I made that. Let, let's think even more recently where everyone's going, oh, I wish they would vault a Tron or if they vaulted a Lord of the Rings. But when you're thinking about Stern Electronics games, that's great. You just say, okay, I wish they made a Stargazer. How many would they sell? 
350, maybe 500 max. No way. No. No, if it was higher. I'd say lower. I'm saying lower because look at what's happening right now with Fathom. It's not, not that it's, you know, nothing against Haggis or anything like that, but they can't even get 250 sold in almost a month. Well, you'll say. Well, they're still for sale. I know, but they're still for sale. You know, I can, anybody can go right now and do it. So it's not a mean thing. It's just saying, like, Fathom is a really great title. I think they would sell more of Centaur than anything else. I think that's going to be the home run, the number two title. I'm hoping that will be number two because I think Ron even would be jumping on board with that. But, you know, it's it's a hard thing because people are pick And look, at, I know they're building them right now. People are making these themselves. But I would like an indestructible play field, uh, you know, Centaur. That would be next. And then maybe a Stargazer, or that kind of stuff. You know, I really would like longevity. And I think in the end, I don't think as many of these things sell as people think they do. Like, you know, if we have Quicksilver, we'd have 500 of them sold. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. I'm shocked. I would think they would sell better, but that's... Uh, I don't think is so. Is it the price point for you, Ron and Bruce? Is that what it is? Uh, if it's a good game, I'll buy it. That's the okay. way I look at it. I've always looked at it that way. But some people, it's not. Unfortunately, it isn't. But, you know, it all is just... I think it's a smaller niche within the hobby than most people think it is. I, just because it's a very vocal niche in the hobby. Like, I want my Stargazer. I want my Quicksilver. I've seen some of the people post on Facebook that have also purchased a Haggis Revisited. And they're people I didn't expect. It's not like people who buy every new game. It's people that, wow, that's a, that's a classic title that I'm going to get new in box and with an extra code. I think that's the excitement of it. And whatever other titles come or whatever remakes are out there. I mean, look at, obviously CGC went with the home runs, went with, first of all, they went with DMD games. That's a big difference too, but they went with the top three games. Let's see how they do with Cactus Canyon. Now we're talking about how well they sell. I don't think that sells very well. I hope they do. No, I I really don't think it's going to sell that well. I think people are. It depends if they do anything with the code, which they really haven't done other than they've, They've improved on the graphics of like the DMD. They made neat. They did the big screens. They've had really cool toppers, but they haven't done any like new. They haven't done what Fathom's done. Have like a 2.0. And with Cactus Canyon, you have an opportunity where you could finish the code because it was never finished. But I don't know if they've even contacted the original programmer. Ron, you know, you talk about finishing the code. So what you're explaining for those who don't know, Cactus Canyon doesn't have a wizard mode. Supposed to, doesn't. It never got finished. But if that's all they're adding, is that enough? Because as someone who plays in competitions, Marty, you tell me if you do the same thing. When I play Cactus Canyon, I only do one thing, and it's not multi-ball. No. I just go up to the top two lanes over and over. I do that right orbit shoot, and I just get my multipliers up as, or not the, you know, the, the not multipliers, but the bonus X. And that's all I do. You're assuming that they would selling these for tournament players. I, I would argue that they, they don't care. I get it, but I'm just saying it's adding a wizard mode isn't going to change the code for me. I'm not paying $8,500 for Cactus Canyon. Sorry. In my mind, the game is not that good. Oh, damn. I always liked it. I like the Western theme. I enjoy playing it. I love the music and I love the callouts. I love the humor in it. I don't feel satisfied playing it. Mm-hmm. And I don't care whether it's got a wizard mode or not, even as far as how I progress through the game. And I, I try not to play tournament style, which is obviously left orbit and in lanes. 
I try to play around the table and some of it's fun. There's just something just missing in the rules framework. It's that wizard mode that you don't have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess- Lock it, slit, and so am I. Yeah, it's just, uh, I, I honestly, there's better titles out there than paying $8,500 for Cactus Canyon. I'd rather pay- Really, Bruce? What would you buy instead of Cactus Canyon? A Deadpool premium. I'd- no, 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 no. I mean, for remakes, if you don't like their choice, what, what do they do wrong? What should they have chosen, Bruce? There you go. Nope, see, fail. No, I don't, I don't know because, honestly, they got the best three. I'm not interested in a Circus Voltaire. I'm not interested in a Tales of Arabian Nights. I'm not interested in a theater magic, which everyone talks about. So I know the titles that I would like to have redone are not going to get redone. So, Did you think Fathom was going to be redone? How can you say that? Yeah, but I don't see. Well, really? You see him making Next Generation again? You want to see that game? I love that game. Oh, my God. With with improved electronics where it doesn't have an issue with the locks or missing balls or anything like that. Think about that. Well, you also want them to do a radical, and that ain't happening. Exactly. I would love to see a radical. But think about it. After Cactus Canyon and the titles I mentioned, which is Circus Voltaire, Tales of Arabian Nights, and Theater of Magic. The Papa Duke 3, basically. What else is there? Hmm. Yeah. Dead silence. Yeah, you're not going to get No Fear. You're not going to get Johnny Mnemonic. You're not going to get all these other great games that are out there that are good players to enjoy. You're not going to see them remade. So what else is in their repertoire? Well, that's why they're supposedly going to do licensed games. Yeah, which <laughs> we see how these third party, these, these other companies are doing with licensed games besides JJP and, uh, and Stern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's why I was asking the question uh, a few minutes ago about Stern Electronics games. There's this real fine line between wanting them to make a game that you love versus them making a game that's going to sell to the masses. And it's it's Mm -hmm. really not... And I now know firsthand, it's really not an easy, easy decision to make. No, 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 not at all. They tried with Beatles. Yeah. I mean, and that was more of a pricing thing than anything else, but... I love Beatles, but yeah, it didn't sell over a thousand, but I love that game. It was priced wrong. Yeah, it's priced wrong. Totally agree. But you don't know what's going to happen. You really don't. You guys have certainly collected, Bruce, what, 200 plus games in your life? Maybe more? Almost almost three now. <laughs> I'm almost up to three. I was, I was looking back. It's like 280, I think I'm at right now. Ron has a huge collection too, and many of them on display at level zero. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about buying Sight Unseen? And I know you've both done it. We've got a new game that was released in Mandalorian, and of course the LEs sold out instantly. That's the only way you get an LE, buying it. Before you see any gameplay, before you even see the play field, you got to lock in with your distributor. How comfortable are you with this? And by the way, let's think of the logic of that. Who the fuck does that for anything else? Uh, I'd like to buy that new car that's coming out. Can I see it? Can I test drive it? No, 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 no. But here's my money. Yep. Take my money. Take my money. Well, you can answer, Bruce. You, you've done it. I haven't. I have done it a couple of times. I've done it for Family Guy. I've done it for, and I was very happy with Family Guy when it came out. I was static. Rick and Morty? Rick and Morty, I've done it. Well, I did see a little bit of it, but not much. You know, of course, we just saw the play field and some of the shots, but we didn't get to play it. Did that. Yeah, okay. And <laughs> Well, that is interesting because I, correct me if I'm wrong, you weren't and possibly still aren't a fan of TNA. No, not. 
Uh, I I'll play it. I know how to play it. I know I know what the exploit is. Just backhand the, the lock. Once you get multi ball, go for the center targets. Get reactor started. That's all it is. It literally. Yeah, is. I get that. And every I think everybody agrees that you're wrong with your dislike of that yep. game. But yep. yep. But the point is, <laughs> this is now Scott Denise's second game. You didn't like mm-hmm. TNA, and yet you bought this sight unseen. Yes, because the theme. Okay. Honestly, Rick and Morty, I love. Okay, oh my god, that's cool. That, that's absolutely no judgment. <laughs> I say that trying not to laugh. Uh, there, there's no judgment on that. I've bought on theme. I bought Iron Maiden based on theme. Yes. But it's just it's interesting that that's really showing that for some people theme is that important. The gameplay oh, yes. doesn't oh, really yeah. matter. There's only one theme I would do that for, and that would still depend on the manufacturer. If you told me Homepin was making it. I'd be like, hmm, yeah. Beavis and Butthead? Yes. That's my nightmare, though. Like, Homepin is making Beavis and Butthead. Well, we know you would be happy if Stern bought it. Well, we've got a treat for yeah. you. we got a special guest right now. Joe Balser, come on the program. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I saw I saw they signed him, and I, and I thought, like, wow, if they did Beavis and Butthead, it'd just have, like, all the tightest shots, and you wouldn't be able to hit anything. Okay, so here we go. Let's go down to, let's go down to manufacturer for Ron. Okay, if Stern made Beavis and Butthead, would you buy it? Uh, yes. Okay, if JJP made Beavis and Butthead, would you buy it? Yes. Okay, if American Pinball made Beavis and Butthead, would you buy it? Uh, I liked Hot Wheels, so yeah, probably. Okay, and if Haggis made it? Um, that'd just be weird. <laughs> that'd be weird. <laughs> I don't know how big Beavis and Butthead is in Australia. I just don't. It really isn't. I didn't think so, no. Like... I'm surprised you didn't say Spooky. I, I probably would. I probably would do Spooky, too. I mean, at least... I know their heart will be in the right place on the software side. I don't know how it would shoot. Yeah. So four out of five manufacturer, you know, the only one he doesn't want is home pin. So we're good on that one. We got that all down. The problem is overseas with Beavis and Butthead. It's the only problem I see. There's well, not a big market. They did do a Japanese mint ad. Okay, great. Wow. One Japanese mint ad is going to make me sell all overseas. Oh, yeah. But but obviously, I don't know because we're, we're in Australia and I, I know that Beavis and Butthead was was here, like it was on TV, but was it an MTV show over there? Yes. Right. So, we didn't have MTV as a full channel. We had- They had CTV. CTV. Criminal TV. Yeah, that's instead right. of <laughs> we've got We've got multiple channels for, for that, but- you know, over there, MTV was was a channel, so it was part of that, so you got to see it a lot. We didn't. I'm still keen to know. I obviously know Ron and Bruce, it's huge for you. And, I mean, you've got the quote on your uh, at the start of your show, arguably the best part of your podcast. It is. Oh, totally. Uh, as soon as great. we speak, it's done. <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, <that's> gone. <laughs> but is Beavers and Butthead really that big over there still? It has to be if they're coming out with a brand new show. That's yeah. That's the only thing. They're coming out with a new movie. They're going to be on Paramount Plus, and they're doing two seasons guaranteed. So if there was ever a time, it's now. I mean, the time would have been the '90s to do it, but if there was ever a time to do it now, you get the nostalgia factor. Plus, it's uh, currently on TV. But I don't think they wouldn't do it until probably after the first season, assuming it does decent. Do you think they can get away with the same humor? Uh, 
mm-hmm. there'll have to be three modes. I'm thinking. Yeah, because if they a PC, a, a PC mode, yeah, a normal mode. Because if it came out and it was a sanitized version of the humor, it wouldn't work. No, but nah. Well, it's not. It's not overly. It's way less vulgar than anything Rick and Morty does. Oh yeah, totally. No, it's not that it's vulgar. It's inappropriate. Okay, what your point? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the calendar, it's 2021. Um. Shit, I thought it was 2012 again. Uh. I thought those numbers backwards. Dyslexia again. <laughs> What's inappropriate about it? I don't, I don't get it. They're never going to score, and that's that's the whole <laughs> that's the whole show. What titles would you guys want to see for you guys? You know, I you you had Thunderbirds, which was. Uh, you know, you know that was truly Australian. For you know, what would you guys like to see? How was that Australian? Well, it's English Australian. You guys are all in the same boat. All the same. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. Your calendar is fucked. <laughs> I, I wonder, if Jeff, would it be like Mountie Pinball or something like that? Yeah, Maple Syrup uh, Edition, of course. Yep. 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 Listen, I got my Zeppelin. That that was my dream theme, and uh, I'm glad uh, the machine is what it is. I love the code and. Uh, I'm now playing it, uh, which is even more exciting. So that's that's the good thing. I know I have another dream theme, and I'm pretty sure it might happen. So I'll just keep that under wraps. And uh, oh, oh, behind the scenes, stuff. the all NDA podcast. No, 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 no. I just it's nothing that hasn't been said before. So uh, who knows? But uh, I don't know, Marty. Do you have a dream theme? I guess is it Craftwork who just got into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Yeah, congratulations, well deserved. Uh, Obviously, Harry Potter is it. My others, oh, yeah. I, I would love a Matrix pin. I mm, really would. That'd be really good. Craftwork, obviously, but I, I don't even hold out any hope. I just, it wouldn't yeah. sell. It would be yeah. a, an absolute joy to play. But maybe if you had Craftwork music in another <laughs> game with a better theme. Matrix works. Matrix works. I would love to see a Matrix, especially with the new movie coming out. Yeah. Actually, a. Oh, wait a minute. There's another Matrix movie? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's yep. in production. Really? A reboot. Wait, is it like a. Oh, I was about. I was, I was going to say, like, is it a reboot? Hollywood has no <laughs> fucking originality anymore. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, what a, a theme I would love is supposedly going to come out later this year, and that would be Godzilla. Godzilla. But is, yeah. is that really so, like a. a- Grail theme for you, Godzilla? Oh, for- I watched that as a kid, like all the old Godzilla movies. And that's the thing. It would have to be the old school Godzilla, not anything Toho. new. Yeah. Well, even Toho would have to be, because Toho did Shin Godzilla, which I, I did not like. I would like another thing we talked about. I would love to see it Back to the Future. No. Uh, that again. No. No, no. I mean, just like the first movie. You do the first one, you're good. They did it already. It bombed. <laughs> Actually, it sold fourth or fifth highest. And- uh, actually, yeah, you're probably right there. It's no Lethal Weapon 3, though. I'll tell you something. It, you know, you talk about Hollywood having no new ideas. If Godzilla is, in fact, coming out, that game has been around before. We've already seen an Avengers before. We've already uh, seen a Turtles before. Godzilla, the first game doesn't count. That's the American version. That, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't count. I'm just saying we've seen these titles come out before. So... If Hollywood can't come up with a new idea, could the same be said about pinball in the way? Or are we? Get- and that being said, let's think of machines that you'd like to see remade that have been made before. I have one in mind that I would like to see a new version of the pinball machine, but I'll let you guys go first. Road Kings, Mad Max version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? I could get into that. Because it's kind of what it is anyway, so might as well just make it Mad Max. Yeah, I really have... 
don't have any ideas on that, actually. I don't know what I would want to be remade. I've got one. So everything is just great, Bruce. <laughs> you don't need to redo anything. Okay, that's so like you. Okay. I would want them to remake, do a new version of Roller Games. <laughs> <laughs> you got the slam tilt silence. Go for the wall! Just make it even cheesier than it was. So the same teams and all that. I mean, it was only on for like one season, so it's not even like yeah, it could. I think six episodes, Ed. That was all. Actually, yeah. I mean, if they have the wall, you can make an actual wall. Maybe the ball goes airborne with a catapult yes. or something. And there isn't, wasn't there like a shark thing? And, and they had like live bands play during halftime. You could do that. Yep. I have one now. Okay. Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, jeez. Really? Honestly, that game's crap. It's not crap. Uh, oh, come on. The pro is okay. Yeah, I would agree. The pros don't get the premium with the stupid Magnus slings. That sucked hard. Oh, it was a, it was a great idea thinking about it in in theory. That was like, hey, it sounds pretty cool. And then when it came to functionality, it was like, okay. And we all worried about that when that was announced. Like, oh, Magnus slings. How's that going to work? It sounds like it might not work good. Hey, it doesn't work good. <laughs> Who would ever thought right of the ball? <laughs> I would like to see a remake, not of the game. Forget what the playfield looks like, because it's horrible. I'm talking about the IP. Isn't it time? And wouldn't this sell well if they did a Rocky pinball machine, a good one? Mm, yeah, that would could that could work. They just got Carl Weathers to do the Mandalorian. Get Apollo Creed to do Living that. Living in America. Yeah, you could get you could, yeah, you get James Brown in there. Yep, you'd have Drago as like one of the wizard modes or something. I must break you be great who would have thought in 2021 bill burr would be on a pin bill burr i saw that like wow bill burr's on the mandalorian who's bill burr <gasps> he's a stan he's a, a famous stand-up comedian in the u.s but he's also in the mandalorian and he's on the side of the back box i think on the premium yes and he's also on the play field he's yep. the one that actually has the gun the third gun he's one of the pirates that tried to break into this the, on the first season of mandalorian where they broke into the penal ship <laughs> they broke up <laughs> and they broke out the guy you know they're they're trying to break out the guy he's the bald guy almost like or the very thin hair like me <laughs> almost like, no he's bald like you and, and he's a ginger like you i'm not bald well we're about to find out because this is the part of the podcast where you know we realize okay people are starting to drift off you know how after on slam tilt after the beavis and butthead clip same kind of thing same thing here on final round so what we're going to do to spice it up a little bit and I hope it works well on a podcast, but it certainly will on our Twitch channel. You guys can do it on Slam Tilt too. Guys, I know you've got your Speedos and uh, Budgie Smugglers. It's time to jump in the hot tub, guys, and it's nice and warm, 90 plus. All right, I'm I'm in. I'm going in. Uh, come on in, boys. Backwards Speedo, here I Just, come. you know, subtly <laughs> place your parts near one of the jets, and then you're good to go. Ah, my man junk is all there. <laughs> Ron, you can take your shirt off. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I'm ripped. I don't have a problem. <laughs> I mean, Jeff and Bruce, you may be intimidated by me and Marty, but, you know, that's just the way it goes. Did that piercing hurt? Cake time, baby. Cake time. Oh, this is nice. And this is the way we should be doing our podcasts. If only we had a visual right now. And uh, everyone listening right now, if you want to sub, we'll, we'll write your names on our arms and stuff. And uh, Oh, Hi, Glenn. There is, there's one right now. <laughs> hey, wait a second. This is what it means to get sponsors. I really like this, Ron. Yes. Wow. Who's, who is our sponsor? Mr. Bubble? Yeah. 
thank you for the fine people of Whirlpool for bringing this together. This is nice. This is this is the way to do it. If we were only on Twitch, we could do this for six hours, five days a week, and have ten thousand people watching us at once, and uh, every third message getting deleted by the moderator. Don't we have to be almost nude, though, to there any of that to happen? I got man boobs. I see eight nipples. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> so, Stu played today, one of our our re- reoccurring people that come on the show, Scott, because he picked mm-hmm. up the roller games. And how many thousands of people did you have on Twitch? Thousands of people. Uh, that, that matchup for the ages ha- got up to at least uh, 11. Woo! Yeah, no. This you gotta have. You gotta have a hot tub, an inflatable, you know, Mr. Turtle Pool. Anything will do, right, Marty? I mean, that's the whole new structure of certainly flying around. Probably Melbourne Silver Ball. I would suggest it for Slam Tilt as well. We're in cold New York State, so you know it's hard. You know, you guys in Canada are so built for this. You know, the, the cold and everything like that. You'd like to slip into a nice hot, warm temperature. Though. I, I have a question. So if the hot tub gives you the Twitch numbers and DJing gives you the Twitch numbers, can you just do both? Like, be in the hot tub while DJing. That is a great idea. I think so. By the way, what the fuck is Twitch doing? Like, allowing all this stuff. I don't know. Revenue. I guess, yeah, revenue and keeping people. Yeah, basically, if you're not nude, it's just, you're good. I think it was kind of starting this way when Amazon took over. Yeah, with the Prime, with the Prime uh, subscription. Yeah, yes. I think when your revenue also gets cut a bit more as well people are now desperate to make more money yeah so what did you guys think of mando my first impression was i i like the the look of it i like the art i like the look of the play field i was pleased that brian eddie didn't do a cookie cutter of his old games but then the more i thought about it i i thought to myself i think it's going to be a tough game just because the entrance to a lot of the shots are really close to the flipper so if you miss your shots i think it's going to be a bit dangerous the question I ask, and, and I think a lot of people say this as well, I'm not sure how much fun that upper play field is going to be. And which one will be more fun? The pro with one flipper or the premium with two? I think whatever has you up there the least amount of time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, you're in the game, Artie. There's the one guy that looks just like you in the game. Who's this? I think he's, he's in like episode one of season two. The Marshal. Yes. Okay, yeah. wait, wait. Give me some names so I can Google this right now. Type in Timothy Oliphant for Mandalorian. Yeah, if, if you look at the artwork, it looks like you. Okay. It looks like you. I don't see the resemblance at all, but he looks like a very attractive person, so I will take it as a compliment. <laughs> Obviously, yes. Don't get him excited when we're in a hot tub together, for God's <laughs> sakes, all right? Come on. I see the flag saluting, and that's all. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I will say, I'm looking forward to that playfield. Just because, it, at first, I thought it only had, like, two positions. Like, it goes up or down. But it it has multiple positions. It basically goes from simple to, like, bonsai run verticalness. And from what I've been able to surmise, I guess, as you... Is you need to progress, it gets harder and harder to hit the targets because the thing keeps, just keeps moving and you have to adjust to the gravity and all that. Yeah, and I think that's going to be fun. And maybe if you hit all your targets, it disables the flippers and then you get out of there so that you're not in there over and over again, kind of like a WWE or wrestling. Yeah, I think Dwight Sullivan already said he kills the flippers at some point so you don't sit, sit there forever. So 
And and what do you think of the impossible play mode? That sounded interesting. Yeah, I, I... It's it's perfect for you, Bruce. Impossible play mode is like the mode for people who don't like to trap ever. Basically, if you hold the flipper in, it will just have a power meter and drain your flipper, and then it'll just die if you leave the flipper up too long. No hold barred. Basically, yeah, like no hold flipper. Yep. Sounds like a luck box thing. I mean, if I'm being honest, I like a little bit of trap up. I like that maybe if you trap up, I think Keith Johnson did it on guns. If you trap up, not your power of your flippers goes, but the scoring decreases. No. I don't like the power of the flippers decrease. It's meant for more of like a party thing and, and to be short games. It's it's not like a tournament thing. But I, I thought it sounded interesting. I was actually I, hoping for Wi-Fi compatibility or something like game. You know, we still haven't seen that from Stern. When's that going to come out? No yeah, idea. I mean, not only has it not come out, JJP has been going in their backlog and adding Wi-Fi. They just added it to Hobbit, which I'm like, okay, where's my uh, dialed in? Where's my Wi-Fi? It's got to be coming. Where's my Wi-Fi and where's my, um, uh, what's the name of that? The the scoring thing. Scorebit. Where's my Scorebit, man? Yeah, that, and That's nice to see that they are backlogging it, but when's Stern going to catch up? Or did Stern still not think this is a selling point? No, it's coming. And they, they've said it's coming. They've said for two years, over two okay, years. Okay, but, but here's, here's the thing. There's a big difference between Jersey Jack and Stern as far as how agile they can be. Stern is a much larger ship, so therefore it steers slower. So it's like when, when the JJP first came out with Wizard of Oz and had a screen and everyone's like, well, when's Stern going to do it? Well, Stern's going to do it, but it takes them a lot longer because they've got to do them in much larger numbers. They want it to be more robust. Uh, so and, and also, you know, they said that there's a, it's an 18-month cycle of game development uh, and to, to implement a service like this I think they want to do it bigger and better and therefore it's going to take longer but I think they just want to get it right before it's going to release I'm not trying to defend them no no but they already practiced on this one game not many people know about this but they did it on the Transformers that they brought to Expo 10 of them that was actually the first Wi-Fi you know compatible game they, they did it as a test subject for Spike 1 and I never heard anything bad about it but they never went with anywhere but okay, that's it. And they just, it was like almost like a gimmick. Can I ask a question? <laughs> if they start doing this, does it increase the sales or is it just going to be the same anyway? So all that development to do this, what's the payoff? I think for newer people playing, it probably is a more of a payoff. And maybe even for more tournament players, like, you know, getting the scores instantaneously put right on the thing. That's a nice that is a nice perk of Scorebit. Oh, I love Scorebit, no question. Yeah, and that, that is a nice thing when you had a tournament logging scores or anything like that. That's a lot nicer instead of... How much is that piece to put on per game? 350 or 325 I think it was, something like that. So if it comes free or if it gets added on later on to games, that's a nice selling perk. Oh, that's right. We don't charge $1,000 extra for JJP. So it's really like 675 you're getting it free. <laughs> that's only... Well, I wonder, I mean, if they... If they had Wi-Fi, you'd have to be an operator who's, like, under 50 to even know how to set it up or what it can do, etc. If you got, like, an old-time operator who's getting it, they're never even going to know how to put it on, how to join it to a, an SSID and, and actually get it on the Internet. They're not even going to do that. Or if it's in a laundromat, do they even have, you know, some places don't need to... Do they even have Wi-Fi? Yeah. You know, I, I think the... the 
people are seeing this as a way to keep track of scores across the country, maybe get, get update code, that's the big one, so you don't end up with like beta versions of code. Guardians first came out. Yeah, I, I would... I would argue as Stern has progressed and has hired way more programmers that are doing a way better job as far as games that are near complete when they actually release and they're not at like sub-alpha code. Guys, I'm starting to prune up. I'm going to cop out of the hop tab here. It looks like we got our... Uh, yeah, Whoa, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff cover that. that thing up. Cover that thing up, man. <laughs> wow. So sorry. I didn't know it was right down there. Wow. <laughs> Carpet matches the drapes. Come on. I see that. Wow. So one of the things we've been hearing about, Bruce, is that you have been working with others to open up this pinball collective in East Rochester. I'm excited for it. I'm also asking the question that comes to mind for a lot of people after doing an incredible job with Kat at Silverball Saloon. Wow, you're doing this again. In a, Is it different in a way? How is it different than Silverball Saloon? I know COVID is the only thing that fucked that up because that place was incredible. So how is it going to be different with the collective? It's not all me, first yeah. thing. It's not all me or Cat. You know, Cat is actually just a support system for me now. I'm only one of five people. So the good thing is it's only 20% me, first yeah. thing. Uh, so it's not all the extra hours it is a lot of hours don't get me wrong it, it still is it's you know and i'm it's just 20 percent loud yeah it's just 20 i'm just blessed to have four other people who are as excited about being in pinball as i am so it's really a nice joint venture which is really working well and ron came there and he saw what we've been doing and the difference with this is and why we're doing it is first it's gonna be bigger it's 45 games at least we have inside there right now. So that the old silver ball, the max we had was 24. So we we've increased a lot. Second, there's no food or alcohol except for just like soda and chips. Mm-hmm. So that's a lot simpler for me. Yeah, that was a lot a drain. Uh, and I think it's a time. I really do. Besides, you know, we have a couple good places of pinball in Rochester. You know, but I've always wanted to have just an arcade. I remember you saying that one of the hardest things, and most business operators will say the same thing, especially in that bar industry, the hardest thing, let's forget COVID aside, that was the hardest thing. But normally the hardest thing is staffing. That has to be a lot easier with the collective. Yes, because it's all volunteer space, you know, with us five. We're only going to be open a couple days. That's the good thing. We're starting off for two days and then eventually we'll hopefully go to three days. So it's going to be like the Sanctum. It really, it, it, that's where we're basing off. I've been talking, I talked to a ton to Jim from the Sanctum. He's a great guy. He's been very helpful. The Sanctum, which is a co-op in Connecticut, for those who don't know. Uh, but yes, so he's been very helpful and he's told us what he's done in the past and, and it's really worked out. Our initial date was originally June 5th, but we're waiting on the town CO, which is the certificate occupancy. Once we get that, then we can set a hard date and it'll be like the first two or three weeks will be a soft opening and then we'll go fully what we need to do. And I'm doing this plus I'm moving just like Marty is, you know, with the house and everything like that. So it's a double whammy for me. But uh, you're going to get all different games there from we have a wood rail from 1955 all the way up to 2018, 2019. So a good selection of games. And there will be streaming there, just like, unlike Ron bringing the streaming rig to Silverball Saloon, we actually have their, they have their own rig there, which I'm going to be setting up the equipment, hopefully next weekend. Is there a hot tub? There's not a hot tub. No, no, but there's a Ferrari downstairs. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
brand new Ferrari sitting on a turntable. You can hop in that. That can be your next sponsor. I don't know how Porsche will feel about that being our first sponsor, I think they were. So look, in Melbourne, and I know around Australia, there has been over the years that I've been involved in pinball scene, many discussions about getting collectives set up. I don't know of any at this stage that have been successful. And right now, I believe in Melbourne, it's it's come up and there's discussions about it at the moment. What are some of the challenges that you think people need to overcome getting a collective together? Cheap space is number one. That's the key to it all. What we're paying right now for our space is really cheap because it comes with all the maintenance is done on the building. Bathrooms are separate. It's almost like an, it almost is like the bathrooms are separate. So the bathrooms are taken care of by the complex. We get heat electric for free. It's included in our rent. So for us, it's, it's a big humongous. Our, our bills are literally rent insurance and then maintenance on machines. That's our biggest three things. So that is the big thing. And plus being able to mesh with the other people. That is another humongous thing. And, and it's growing pains. It always is. You know, even with us five, I've known Zach for five years. We're like, hey, you know, this is, you know, you're always going to have a vision. But now you have to mesh it with five people. It was easier with just me and Kathy, of course. I'm going to first to say that because we both, we talked about our visions and, you know, we're husband and wife. We got to learn to compromise. It's harder with more people in the co- in the co-op. So you have to, you know, mesh better. And we are learning that. And it's actually getting easier as we further go along further. And I have talked to your Australian brethren about helping them out with the co-op. So I did know that. So I did know that too. It was, <laughs> it was a bit of a loaded question. Because my understanding, because I've spoken to a lot of people about co-ops and what they've said, the most important thing in getting a co-op together is the people that are in the co-op together and how compatible you are. You would agree with that? Totally agree with that. Me and Zach are, are like, me and Zach are, of course, we're the repair guys. So we get along really well. We'll fix stuff. We'll bicker like, you know, father and son, you know, because, you know, Ron makes fun of me because of my age. Right, Ron? We all do. We all do. You are older. Older than me, Marty? Yeah, but that doesn't stop me from making fun about your age. Oh. Marty looks way younger than nah, you. See, there you go. Yes, he does. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just, you know, it is, it is a hard thing to mesh. And don't forget, when you put so much money into it in the beginning, you know, you don't want to see it go to something <clears throat> whacked or stupid. But, of course, you're also looking at the whole picture of how do I get this whole place running and making it perfect. So it is it is a hard battle, but as you see, most of these co-ops work, you know, and then some really thrive, like the Sanctum and a couple others that are out in the Midwest. That's what we're hoping for also. That's what Ron needs where he is, because there's no pinball other than level zero. It's a ghost town besides his place. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and maybe people's houses, but yeah, there's some games on location, but not many. You're still in <laughs> lockdown, aren't you, uh, up in uh, Canada? Yes, we are for at least another two weeks. It's brutal. And that's kind of where I wanted to talk about the next thing was the ability to be able to travel and play pinball. So Ron has to because of where he lives, other than playing in his own home and some local leagues. I know, Bruce, you said that you now have more availability and you're going to try to get out to more things. You said even maybe Indisc and maybe Expo. and Getting out. I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to start enjoying life. What do you think is going to happen when the IFPA opens up? Because we are seeing tournaments happen right now, but they're still non-sanctioned, but they're still getting good turnouts. It's just there's something about that 
point structure and the ranking system and all those kind of fun things. You know, a big thing for Ron is being part of the Stern Rewards program because you've definitely taken advantage of So I can get that. my game. Yeah, so how that works is if you're in the top 1,000 ranked in the world, you get quite a huge discount from Stern on one of their new inbox games, depending on what the titles are available. So I know a lot of people have taken advantage of that. I mean, you're the president, right? You know all <laughs> Yeah, you should be know all these rules. Yeah, yeah. The <laughs> no, it, it, it's... I'm hoping for the tournaments, of course, to start up. We're actually going to have one at the co-op once we open, probably July. The 26-hour tournament? or The 26-hour will be the, the pinnacle. <laughs> Are you actually going to do that? Yes, I am. T- 26 wow. hours or just 25? It has to be two hours more. Yeah, it has to be. Well, I'm saying, no, I, I, we can go one hour just to, you know, just to be a little better. More stomp tournaments? Oh, yes, we were definitely going to have stomp. Actually, we had somebody had today on the stream. When's the next stomp? We're going to have another stomp, and that's going to be probably at the co-op, of course, since we have more games, more selection, more room. We have almost 3,000 square feet at the co-op. Hmm. I'm just making a note here. 2022 Next Pinball Profile World Tour. East Rochester. Okay. The best pinball profile world tours, of course, are the ones that happen in Australia. Yes, because uh, what happens in Australia stays Oh, that's Australia. right. Jeff can't talk about them. I tried to get him to say it. Damn it. Yeah. So what's going uh, You know, how was that tournament in Australia when it went down there? Was it very competitive? It would have been competitive had I been in the tournament, but I chose to do the streaming instead. I would have won easily. I can, I can tell you now. I commend you for that. It takes a big man to do something yeah, like that. Correct. Yeah, Ron, like you didn't, you played in yours first stomp one and you won that. I mean, and you're going to say, oh, they pressured you. They said, come on, please, Ron. Oh, they, they, I was at least one tournament. They said they would pay for me to play in it. They demanded that I play because I think we were one person short for like full whopper points. Like you guys are terrible, man. So they forced me to play in it. You could have said no. Uh, I was peer pressured. I was peer pressured by Whopper points. I blame Josh Sharp. So what I'm hearing is I think we all agree winning your own tournament is very bad form. Oh, it is. Totally. Oh, it is. Totally. Totally. I I, I don't know who would brag about that all the time. Mm -hmm. Yep. I agree. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) What are your thoughts on this, Jeff? (laughs) I've traveled the world and I can say there are some places that I've seen some incredible competition, some great players. In other places, it's like, you know, you're supposed to press the flipper buttons. Um, but that's all I'll say, Greg Sylvie. <laughs> Are you saying it's like upside down at this place? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I honestly don't remember what happened because I was so hammered at that tournament. They were giving me fireballs every game I played. I think I, it was a flip frenzy. I must have played 20. That's like 20 shots. So I, I have no idea what happened. Uh, at least you had your beautiful wife with you. That's the good uh, thing. Thank God for Anne. You're right. She is, she is a godsend. You are lucky, sir. Thank you. Thank you. So you guys having some fun on TPN? Uh, we are here at Final Round, and I know Ron has been doing it for quite some time with another Canadian and David Dennis and doing the Silver Ball Chronicles, which is a great history piece. I got to tell you what I love about this. There are so many podcasts that are just current news, and there's a place for that. No question about it. But what, what you and David are doing, you can listen to a year from now. It's a great history piece. 
obviously you're going to have people listen right away, but I'm just saying you'll be able to go back and go, wow, that's, that's, that's a good recollection of whatever the topic may be, whoever the designer is, whatever the rules, whatever the era you're doing. I think that's great. And I think of other podcasts that I like that. I try to do that with Pinball Profile in some small way, but I think of Topcast, and I think you guys are both familiar with that, but I like going back and listening to some of these. I think Silverball Chronicles is going to have that same kind of impact. That was actually more, believe it or not, my idea to be less silly, which seems crazy. But yeah, I think originally David wanted it to be a little more funny or a little more topical it's like let's not mention stuff that's actually going on because it's supposed to be like a history-based thing so people could listen to it anytime i think it's great i'm very proud of ron and david what they've done and uh, i enjoy the shows and i love it criticizing them when i can yes he, he sends in corrections a lot he's our most frequent emailer is is bruce we try our best to get it right, but we are we are not perfect. No, nobody's perfect, but they do a great job. And honestly, I look forward to your guys' podcast, and I look forward to those podcasts. And I look forward to a lot of the TPN podcasts. I enjoy them very much. Are we going to hear another one with you and Kat? Because that was yeah, good. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, we are going to. It's going to take a while we, with the house and everything in the co-op. You know, it's hard enough where every other week I'm doing Ron and doing work and everything like that. So we will be getting back on. I think the next one we're planning on doing it in our new pools. That's the best thing about it. We're just going to do it right in the pool. <laughs> the recording, you mean? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> See, that's like, I'm telling you, the podcast thing with the pools, big money. Good idea. Good idea. No, we're going to be on the west side. So we're going to be closer to you, Jeff, and further away from Ron. I got to tell you, listening to Slam Tilt, you joked about it earlier, but I do think it's what makes the show unique is, you know, you don't always talk about tournaments. You certainly have had a lot of regular guests that are now in the pinball profession. Tim Sexton was on all the time. He now works for Stern. Steve Bowden was on all the time. He now works for Deep Root. And they go on and on and on. You had the one on for a long time. Keith Snell at Stern. There's just so many of these people. Raymond Davidson. Raymond Davidson. Raymond Davidson. <laughs> Marty, <laughs> Marty Robinson. You know, we got all these guys. Marty Robinson. I don't Marty know Robinson. <laughs> We can't get Ryan C. hired. There's just something about that guy. Oh, you know? no, that's Ryan's doing. Let's be honest. That's him. But what you also do is, is tech talk, and I know nothing about it. But I want you to know, it's not a tune-out factor for me. I try to learn a little bit. Like, I watch Marco's specialties and what Emoto's been doing with there in South Carolina when they do those streams. I try to learn something. I'm I'm kind of lost, but uh, I, I have to be picking up something because they're, they're very good and detailed, and you kind of do that too on Slam Tilt. We were going to do it probably at the, at the co-op. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That was another one of the reasons for getting streaming equipment in there is to actually stream some of the tech repairs because when you have 45 machines, they are going to break a lot. Well, there should be a lot of material there. And I, I actually enjoy If We all know Chuck Webster very well. And about a year ago during COVID, he actually was doing a playfield swap. And that was so enjoyable to watch for myself especially because i was like it's the middle of pandemic he's stuck at home and he's like i'm gonna do a playfield swap and i'm gonna show it every other day that i'm doing this and i was like watching him going wow that's something new i had ever thought of or oh hey he's doing something that i like to see and if i could do even one helpful hint for somebody i feel better about myself and i feel like i can help the community so even though you we both say that you're in upstate new york you're you're still not really close to each other, are you? No. So, is the co-op closer to you? Oh, me, yeah. I, it's only 20 minutes. It's actually, as you've never been here, but uh, Jeff has been here. The co-op is literally an eighth of a mile from where the old Silverball Saloon was, which was about 20 minutes from my house. For Ron, it's about three hours. 
Uh, three and a half. I'm closer to Bruce than Ron. I'm closer yes. to Bruce than Ron. <laughs> <laughs> my wife would love to hear your voice every day marty <laughs> she would just i told her i was going to be talking to you guys tonight she's like can i stay up i'm like no just go to bed i'm done <laughs> well i think it's it's like you say a lot marty where everyone thinks you know you're in australia oh you must be right next to each other it's like no we actually have to fly in a plane to, to get That's there actually true yeah when they hear they're in New York, it's like, oh, you're in New York. You must be just like right next to each other, right? Like, no, it's actually New York's a pretty big state. It takes a while. But in the United States, everything's kind of drivable. I mean, I'm not talking Seattle to Orlando by any means, but I'm talking about anywhere in New York State, certainly drivable. The thing about Australia that I've noticed, you're hours and hours away from another major place. Isn't that correct, Marty? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Ten hours drive from city to city. Wow. No wonder they don't have coronavirus. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you guys are very lucky with that. Correct. Although, you know, it's still coming back. There are some states that have got restrictions, but for the most part, yeah, that, that probably is why transmission from major city or state to state doesn't happen that often, but it does. Jeff, congratulations on your first shot. Oh, I'm so happy about that. My sister gets hers tomorrow. My brother gets his next week. So I know how excited she is. She's just giddy. And I'm like, yeah, I felt the same way too. And Ed did when he was on a a couple of weeks ago. It's sickening that we have to feel that way. But, you know, it's obviously the path to us getting back to quote unquote normal. So, but yeah, no, I'm very happy for you guys that you're finally on the path. And Marty, did they say when for you guys, if ever? (laughs) I can pretty much get the, the vaccine now if I want it because they've now opened it up to over 50s so hey benefits for being old yes but we we really just don't have a lot of cases and the like the cases that we've got are people coming from overseas well that's the thing if you want to travel like I I don't know if everyone here knows this but the IFPA 17 which was supposed to happen in May of 2020 in Fort Myers Florida that is now postponed to May 2022 it was supposed to be in November and it was supposed to be like the week after free play Florida or week before it and I was like oh that's great a perfect two week trip if I can get across the border but now it's been pushed off to May and the big reason is I think is there are some places that have travel restrictions, Canada being one of them, but I would imagine a lot of other places too. Is it still a two week quarantine for Australia right now still, Marty? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 It is. Okay. Yes. And I know in Canada, there's no coming in, you know, you don't even get the choice. I think they, it's only if you have like a mandatory like repairs. I think my one company that I used to work for, the only way they can go into the country if they have a letter from the company stating they have to repair this machine and they're the only people that can repair it in the world. It's the only way they're getting into Canada. Where does Joe Schmo say, hey, come on in. Hey, you, you got money? Come on in. Yeah, come on. Yeah, we'll see. But uh, one thing that did make it across the border, and it had to cross a couple of borders to do this, is the coveted reach around trophies and ron you and bruce both got yours and they're slightly different aren't they yes <laughs> mine's bigger ron's got big balls yes yeah. he's got big balls mine's bigger who chose that come on guys <laughs> <laughs> so marty of course <laughs> Okay, so it really was, it's funny. So for everybody, so of all the trophies that we made, one of them had small balls. And I thought to myself, (laughs) who out of all these, obviously winners, you know, they they bought them, but winners, I thought, who's the person that I would feel has got the smallest balls? 
So it, it wasn't random, I think, is the summary of what I'm saying. Wow. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> But you had a big hand. Tripled up. Just because mine are, yeah, I have a really big hand. That's exactly how I'm going to go with that. Good That's answer. Good answer. Good Survey answer. says. Just makes your hand look bigger, all right? That's one way of thinking about it. Anyway, it was nice to uh, have you guys on that Reach Around Award show. Uh, Marty wants us to do it again. I'm like. I, I beg for you guys to do it again because I had such a good time laughing my ass off at some of the people's acceptance speeches. Oh, my God. Top rope. That was the. It's still going, I think. Jeff obviously jokes because he knows my feelings towards it, but. At the end of the day, Jeff does most of the work, so I am more than happy to do it every year. <laughs> That's not true. And my reach around is right on top of my toilet, yes. just like I said I would put it. Yep. This is where they normally are. Mm-hmm. It was fun to do, no question about it. And uh, I, I keep saying to Marty, you know, when we first did it, I'm like, oh, I got 12 months if I have to do this again. Well, now we're in May, and I'm like, it's only eight months. And eh. we joked with Ed. We're like, hey, uh, we're going to contact you for another song. And he's like, yeah, door's open. I'm like, okay, fuck. We'll get him to do three. <laughs> <laughs> he can edit, edit the show as well if he wants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do the acceptance speeches for everyone. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, that was just hilarious. Oh, my God. More red carpet, though. We need more red carpet. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I yes, agree. I totally agree with that. Like a pre-pre-show. Like you have the pre-show. Then the oh, red God. Carpet, then, a pre-pre-show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the post-show. <sighs> you got to have a, like a highlights. Like, look what happened here. Here's the shocker of it all. You know, that'd be great. I like that idea, too. Okay, here's the thing. You guys are the only award winners on this actual program. Marty, myself, fuck all. We've never won shit. <laughs> We're- but we've all been doing podcasting for basically five years, roughly, give or take. And what I want people to understand is... Those shows are entertaining and they're fun. I'm going to put up my hand and I'm going to guess the same for Marty, the same for Bruce, the same for Ron. When we started podcasting, there weren't any award shows. So do you think we're doing this to win awards or we get the feedback from people who contact us on Facebook or write us an email and stuff like that? That's what makes us feel good. We entertain each other. That makes us feel good. We have guests like you guys. That's all wonderful. That's why we do it. We don't give a shit about the other stuff. I'm in it for the glory, all the money. (laughs) groupies all the all the perks you get with this that's that's why i'm doing it but okay here's something when you first started podcasting i can only think of coast to coast and the pinball show and the flipping pod that and and this flipping podcast yeah i think that was it yeah i think that's about it there might have been one or two other little ones but no there wasn't many this flipping podcast was actually the inspiration just because it had the two-person the two-person show, and I listened to that. Yeah, Tommy Taylor and I, I listened to that, and it's like, you know, me and Bruce could do this. I mean, he was the only one I ever thought. I didn't have anyone else in mind. It was going to be Bruce. It's like, we could just talk about stuff. Like, before Bruce had the bar, we used to go to shows all the time, and we had crazy conversations. Like, you know, if we could translate that to the podcast, I, I think it could be pretty good. So that that's that's what we did. I mean, on the podcast, I am... How would you say if you were doing it like comedians, like I'm the straight man and he's the comedian or however you say that. But yeah, I'm Abbott, I guess. But 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 in real life, uh, when we would go to shows, we would both be just as stupid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, I, I cannot imagine doing what I do right now without him. And you guys just met at shows? Like, I mean, you didn't live in the same city? That's really how you connected? No, I went to a, well, you talk about not having anywhere to play pinball. 
back in 2005, I really didn't have anywhere to play pinball. So I see this thing on a Yahoo group of all places of, uh, it was, what was it, Bruce? The Western New York Arcade and Pinball Club or something. Like this is pre-Google. And it was like, I'm having a party at my house and it's in Rochester. And I was like, wow, that's like three hours away. Sure, I'll go. And that's the first. He came in. Never met him. Yep. I came in. A thing of cookies and that was it. First game I played was Black Knight 2000, which tilted on me immediately because you had something leaning on the plumb bob. (laughs) Actually, didn't work. And it just went from there. And I just started going to his house for his parties and. Put a roofie in his drink and then the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. Started going to shows together, and yeah, I mean, we were friends for over 10 years before we ever recorded an episode. And uh, as I said, Slam Tilt is really Ron, even though Ron is the heart and soul of Slam Tilt. I am just a pretty face. (laughs) You're right, Ron. He is the comedian. It has no real format other than we just do like uh, topics, and I just let Bruce say whatever he wants and then edit out things that are exceedingly offensive that would get us in trouble. Oh, yeah, we've been recording for an hour. I might get 20 minutes yeah. out of this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think, I, I always thought I should start a Kickstarter on, like, get the Slam Tilt Raw. Oh, <laughs> yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah. Hear what Bruce really thinks about so-and-so. Yeah, you think Bruce's apology was heartfelt. Wait till you hear what he actually said. <laughs> I've never apologized. Come on. Marty, we hear how Ron and Bruce kind of decided to do a podcast. Did I recall this correctly? You heard Ryan C. on Slam Tilt and kind of knew him and thought, this guy might work for a podcast when you created Head to Head. Uh, Some of that's true. I didn't know Ryan. I'd met him twice, I think. Once was when I streamed his America's Most Haunted. The other one was when I bought Mirror Blades from him. And it was kind of the same thing. We just, I, I went to buy these Mirror Blades and we talked for hours after, just at his front door, just talking about pinball. And that's when I went, oh, there's something here. And then I did hear him on a podcast. It wasn't Slam Tilt because I really hadn't listened to Slam Tilt podcast at that stage. Oh, so, but no, he did get our cease and desist letter. He did get that No, but, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the truth is, after I did hear him on this other podcast, I did listen to him on your podcast that's when I thought, yeah, let's do a show together. I never thought we were going to rip off your show at all. No! That was all Ryan, I can tell you now. <laughs> I don't consider it a rip off. I consider it a I actually loved your show. I miss your show. When you Me guys too. had the Christmas when you guys did the Christmas special of you two again, it was like I hadn't heard you in over a year and a half together, really, you know, just by yourselves. And you guys just clicked so instantaneously within the t- first two minutes. I was like, ah, I'm driving my car like, yeah, it's like heated seats on. I'm enjoying the nice. Yes, it's perfect. I I would say that head-to-head podcast was the only time I almost had to pull over while I was listening to it because I was laughing so hard. Well, so the thing of it is, this is is what we've sort of said this as well. Ryan and I still have those moments. We just don't record it. And we, we don't need to record it. I agree. But- it's like with you having Zach on Slam Tilt all the time. I've told Ryan, you're coming on every like five, six episodes. There's no if ands, ors, or buts about it because people want to hear your Marty and Ryan again. Of course, but Ryan is a great, he might have a little pecker. 
We all know about that. My little picker, my little picker. Thank you. Okay, and <laughs> and then, but you know, we all love Ryan, and we all love all. Th- you know, I am grateful for the friends I have. We have our own little podcast click where we are on all one big chat, and oh my god, I live just seeing some of the comments that come out of that because some of them are out of left field, and I laugh my ass off, and I just feel like I am so lucky to have met so many people all over this world. And I can talk to him almost every day that I want to. I really do feel that way. Thank you guys. Yeah, great. You know, this has been this has been good having you guys on here. It's kind of like when you guys do the clusterfuck, except without all those assholes. Those are Marty's words, not mine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay, How do you think I enough. felt when I'm like, hey, Jeff goes up and goes, hey, you know, I'm going to get you on after Ed Robertson. I'm like, great. <laughs> so we go from really good to, oh, fuck nuts. And then watch next week, two weeks from now, you're going to have a great guy on. So this is like a bump in the road. We're going to have Gary Stern on. Here's a sneak peek. Coming on next week, Gene Simmons. Oh, oh God. Arguably, I think that was always going to be the case regardless of who we got on. I think we got Gene on right now. Gene, hello. <laughs> we got Gene Simmons. Have you played a Griffin. kiss pinball machine today? If not, you need to. Who is this person trying to imitate Gene Simmons? Who? That's right. I- I'm Gene Simmons' brother. Gene Simmons, spelled differently. <laughs> There's only one Gene Simmons, and you know who it is, because he's the absolute greatest rock star of all time. There are no other people, only Gene Simmons. <laughs> hey, that's right, bitch, but you-, you can't do this voice as good as I can. You failed. <laughs> oh, Krusty. <laughs> all right, oh, I- you're going to make Ron. L- listen, listen, I can't, I can't compete with ron howell jr he is the ginger i'm the ginger he beat out mark silk and made mark silk quit the retreat show that's powerful stuff i love mark silk yeah i do but can you guys do an aussie jailer now that is the test of good (laughs) voice Uh, talent Uh, and how would that sound Give, give it to us marty the sydney jail is now open there you go. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all And a standing much. ovation, and the crowd is going wild. It'd be more like, oi, I missed that shot again. <laughs> These shots are too tight. I can't eat shit in this game. <laughs> Order your American pinball Houdini right now. The lines are open. <laughs> Get the skill shot, you c- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I hope I remember to edit that. Oh. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, and I'm glad you guys... I, there was a time when it looked like Slam Tilt wasn't going to happen anymore, but thankfully that's not the case. I know it was uh, you were a lot busy before, Bruce, and you're probably still just as busy now, but uh, you found the time to get together and still give us Slam Tilt every fortnight, and we appreciate it. Thank you for having us on, guys. Uh, thanks! You know, you know what I love most is after you talk to the guests, then, then Marty's going to be, Jeff, what did we learn today? <laughs> and the answer will be, that's my favorite part. That's like South Park. Yeah. You know, I learned something today. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I think, but I think in this case, we all know in advance, we have learned fuck all. There's your answer. Sneak peek. <laughs> Squat diddly. Absolutely nothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it with them on here, all right? We'll, just, we'll, we'll find out what we learned with them on here. Marty, go ahead. So, that was Ron and Bruce from the Slam Tilt podcast and Silverball Chronicles. But, Jeff, what did we learn? How to say goodbye to all your listeners. <laughs> they're online and they're not saying anything. Oh. I am fucking saying it. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm kidding. 
You vicious, heartless bastard. <laughs> Gene Simmons next week. Don't worry. Okay, boys. Thanks a lot. Thank you, man. <laughs> thanks, guys. So, Jeff, what did we really learn? Now, I know they're listening to this part because they weren't with us when we recorded this part. But what we really learned was they have great chemistry. And to do that for five years, like that's a real tip of the cap. How many people have come and gone and burned out or just been discouraged and rightly or wrongly just, you know, not made for the longevity of Slam Tilt. But I guess it goes back to their, you know, 10 plus year friendship of hanging out at shows and stuff. And uh, I tip my cap to those guys. I really do. And, and they do mean a lot to me. Yeah, same. And, and what I learned was that it's good to have two people on a podcast that want to continue with it. Snap. <laughs> wow. That's, I have no idea what that means. No, but no, I don't either. No idea. No idea. Podcasting is fun for you and I. We do it. Honestly, the fact other people listen, great, good. We honestly do it for each other. Hmm. Okay, there's sponsors too. Let's be honest. There is sponsors, but we've mentioned it so many times. We, we put so many hours of in, this into it every fortnight, and Ron and Bruce have done it for five years, and other podcasts have done it for years. It still comes back to the fact that there really isn't money in this. How dare you? You son of a bitch. Here I am muscling trying to get sponsors, and I got a great one, and you're just going to piss all over it. Well, we can change that, Jeff. Can we? Are you okay? I've got the script right here for our sponsor of the week, and this looks like it's got money written all over it. Let's do it. We've seen all the streamers flock to Twitch since the start of the pandemic. TBN has several to view. Ping Clash and the new Ping Clash 2 are huge successes. Yet, compared to video gamers and DJs, us pinballers are lacking in views and subscriptions. Not anymore. Make your Twitch stream better and wetter. With the new final round inflatable pool. Forget Carl D'Angelo's portable rig. Just grab this tub, a little bit of water, and even less of a bathing suit, and voila! You might ask yourself, what does sitting half naked have anything to do with gaming and streaming? Fuck all, but Twitch doesn't care, as long as you have thousands of viewers and subs, and they get their cut. Promise your viewers you'll write their names on your body parts if they sub or donate. Oh, thanks for the bits, Ryan C. OnlyFans websites cost money to get your freak on, but on Twitch, they consider it just chatting, even though every fourth chat gets booted for being too pervy. Don't worry, your viewers will continue to chat, but this time, a little more clever. Like if you're streaming in your pool and riding an inflatable hot dog, no one will boot you off for saying, Wanna see a bigger wiener? By the way, if you think that's rude, that's on you. Your mind went there. I happen to own a six-foot Oscar Mayer inflatable. So get your mind out of the gutter. Get your final round inflatable pool and stream today on Twitch. Remember, you can't spell Twitch without T-I-T. So Jeff, I've been dying to know. I've been sitting here this whole episode. I've had to sit, endure through Ron and Bruce and our sponsor of the week and all the while thinking to myself, what has Jeff been up to this last fortnight? Yeah, we really should put this at the start of the show because it is obviously what everyone listens to. Nobody fast forwards it. It is more important than any pinball news. But this is actually pinball news because I got my new Led Zeppelin playfield. Ah, and how did that go? Did you, was it populated or did you have to populate it? 
If it wasn't populated, I'd still be doing that. It would take me forever to do that. So luckily, thankfully, Stern and our distributor worked out a deal. I got a populated playfield, and I know others who had the same kind of issue, and they got one too. So it's not just me. It's not just a guy who's podcasting and speaks, uh, you know, so that a lot of people can hear this. It has nothing to do with that because I do know others that had this problem, and that's the great comfort zone. I said it before that it's a big purchase, and I want to make sure that is there some kind of warranty or service that they guarantee and they did so thank you to everyone involved and it was populated it is three cords and then i think a node board plug-in which i didn't know i had the three cords and i'm like why is this coming out was able to put it in no problem uh play i've watched i've actually at the time of this recording only played it maybe not even 10 times now keep in mind marty my games are long, right? So they, I can't get a lot sure. of games in, right? So they're long. Yeah, of course. You know. Oh, of course. You know I how do. it is. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I've really enjoyed it, and everything's working fine, and I've been chatting with Raymond Davidson quite a bit because he did this incredible, I don't know if you saw it, a wicked like 50-minute tutorial of Led Zeppelin. And I played a few games and I thought, I really should know what I'm doing. I watched the tutorial and I'm now dying to get on it. So can we hurry this up, please? <laughs> we will. But we've now got the pros here in Melbourne and obviously throughout Australia. I still haven't played it. You'll get to it. You'll get to it. You've been busy this uh, last fortnight, haven't you? Well, I have indeed. So, yeah. So last time you gave us the big news that you bought a house, I was talking to you earlier in the week. You were at the house and I was like, oh, I can hardly wait to get there. It's so gorgeous. And um, <laughs> basically the second room he goes to, and this is where the pinball machines go. <laughs> well, there's bad news. There's what? bad news. All right. I'm going to tell you the bad news. So remember when I said one of the things that I love about this, obviously, is that I can now fit eight pinball machines in my game room. Yes, that's bad. Well, that's good. However, however, this person that we're buying the house from, absolute audacity to throw in a free piano. I saw the piano. That's nice. What, what are you talking about? Two pinball machines will fit there. I know, but you've only had four, so you're still going up to six and you can move the piano. That piano is pretty <sighs> nice looking. It was actually... <laughs> I was like, absolutely no way. What? And I kind of looked at him. I, I kind of looked at him and went, oh, you know, it's kind of a, a very cool, funky, ye olde yeah. piano. Yeah. So, anyway. You tr- listen, you're, how many machines do you have right now? Two? I have two. Yeah. So, the piano stays for now. Once you get up to eight, and maybe there'll be a few from, oh, I don't know, Haggis. Yeah, then you can move the piano. But right now, it's great. Oh, so really, what's happened in the last couple of weeks? Give us the news, Marty. Well, didn't we talk about it last episode? Not the official part. Well, I work for Haggis Pinball. It is uh, official. That is exciting. You have to be thrilled. I am thrilled. I'm absolutely thrilled. There's no doubt about it. It's not easy. I've got to tell you, making pinball isn't easy, and it's not like I'm I'm sitting there going, oh, I get to play pinball all day. It's from, it's, you know, I mean, I've been part of this team for 18 months, even longer, but now it's just official and, and everybody knows. But there's a lot that goes into making a pinball, I can tell you now. What is the biggest surprise in your short time at Haggis that you didn't see coming? Um... 
Mm. Look, I think it's that I, I had a, an appreciation of what goes into the making of a pinball machine, but I really didn't get an appreciation for every single minute part that goes into a pinball machine has to be perfect. There are so many links that can be broken if any of the parts that go into it are not precise. Yeah, that for sure makes sense. And uh, we should say what your title is. Well, my my title is Game Designer. Yes. Yes. Very nice. Oh, it's going to be fun seeing what's going on there. Now, are they in the new facility or is that, does that happen yet? There's one leg in, one leg out. So the, the production line is What now- is it, the hokey pokey? <laughs> Pretty much is. So a lot of the new equipment is now in the, the new factory. And I've got to tell you, I did one of the, the coolest things. I mean, working in pinball is cool. This will be boring for so many people, but- So is the rest of the show. doesn't matter. Go ahead. <laughs> so do you know what a brake press is? Uh, no, but I'm dying, and this is exciting. You said it was going to be boring. Please tell me what a brake press is. <laughs> so effectively, it is this giant b- bit of machinery that bends and folds metal. Okay. And I had a day of training on it. <laughs> of like, was the first half hour, don't put your fingers here. Don't put your fingers there. <laughs> Watch your <laughs> loose clothing. The first hour was, here's the startup sequence to turn the machine on and get it ready. Honestly, there's a sequence. If you do not do this sequence, it's, it's like a pre-flight check in, a, in an aeroplane or a helicopter. There are all these things you've got to do in the exact order, otherwise the machine won't work. Okay. And, and a lot of it's to do with safety. Yes, of course. Did you pass that? Or did you know it like the back of your hand? Or are you going to lose the back of your hand? No, 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 no. I, I, I did it. I was actually the first person to bend metal on this machine too so but that was with your bare arms i mean let's yeah. that's different right i think i think that's kind of that's funny because that will be the only time i will ever do it but it's important for me to know what's possible what's not possible when we start looking at design and components so there you go oh fun 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 i would like to spend a week a month in your shoes just to kind of learn that or anybody in the pinball business uh, certainly would know this and we have a lot of people in the industry that listen to this podcast, believe it or not. And uh, they probably can relate with you and, and they'll probably message you too. You can reach us at finalroundpinball at gmail.com. That way I can read the emails too, by the way. Yeah, Send it to Marty and uh, let me... <laughs> no, but I, I, again, I, I would be fascinated of all the things I don't know. You think you know so much. You've been in pinball. It's been a hobby. It's been a passion for years. You think you have an idea and you certainly do about, here's what I'd like to do with rules. You have... People in the industry that create layouts and come up with themes that are maybe unique, not necessarily intellectual properties. And I think that's pretty fascinating just to have this blank canvas. And I speak for everyone. And to be able to put together these fantastic machines that just have us hooked. And I mean, look at the excitement we just saw for Mandalorian, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was a week of buildup, like, give it to me, give it to me. And, and I'm sure it's going to be great, but I'm also sure... The day after, it's going to be, what's next? Yeah. Like, it's crack for us. Well, it's, it, it is. But I, I've sort of said this on, the, on our podcast before. It's not the same person that wants a Mandalorian and is buying a Mandalorian that says, what's next? The person that says, what's next, is the person that the Mandalorian is not for. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. So, uh, look, I know we talked with, with Ron and Bruce about our initial impressions of Mandalorian. I think it looks great. I loved the first season of Mandalorian. I didn't enjoy the second season all that much. So I don't have this emotional connection to the theme is my big problem. See, now, the reason the second season did more for me, and I certainly loved the first one. The first one, the wow factor. And if you don't already know by now, when you see Baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever the hell his name is, you know, the child, that's pretty, you get that feeling once. You watch it again, you don't get that same feeling. But it's still pretty awe-inspiring. Like, how they kept that secret was amazing. You know, that never was leaked. That was a surprise to everyone when they first saw it. So season two was more of a fan payoff especially for those that watch the animated show, The Clone Wars, which is my son, who's a huge Star Wars fan, his favorite of all the Star Wars universe. He just, and I have to agree with him. It's some brilliant storylines, not all of them, but the Ahsoka storylines are just fantastic. So that really paid off with season two. And my favorite thing about this Mandalorian pin that we're seeing is that it does include season two. I was worried because of the quick turnaround are they going to be able to include season two? And they did. I just would have been happy with season one. And I'll tell you why I didn't like season two, really. It's because they introduced a lot of new characters in season two. And I don't think they chose good actors. Snap. They are not good actors. I mean, Katie, wow. Katie Sackhoff, we, we loved, I loved her in Battlestar Galactica. I just thought she was just wooden. Kind of like her character, maybe. But, you know, you can play a wooden role and act it. She was just not a good actor. None of them were. Oh, sorry. Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. I was thrilled when I heard she was cast. I was even more thrilled when I saw her character. The way she moved like the Ahsoka character. In Again, being really into the Clone Wars with my son. I have to tell you, I, I think that is perfect casting. And I can't remember his name. And I hate it. I just, we all know him as Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. His character is spectacular as the main villain with the dark saber. Oh, that's good. I enjoyed it. Good, good, good. And they got Carl Weathers to do the uh, speech. I like it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I'm just happy to see a layout that wasn't, oh, we've seen that before. So that's that's going to be cool. And I got to tell you, you guys were talking about the LE and the premium and that kind of upper play field that moves. That's great and fine and dandy. I actually like the pro just as much. Yeah. Because yep. of the way the ball comes out of it and yep. with the one flipper, you know what? It's... I think of think of uh, the premium in Aerosmith. One flipper, a bunch of semicircle targets, yep. and then of course you can get through the elevator. It kind of reminded me of that, but better. Yeah, do you know what I've been saying all week that for me it's it's like a combination of the upper playfield in Aerosmith Premium and the upper playfield in Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be fun, uh, and we talked about it. as long as it doesn't stay up there too long. Because, you know, like, uh, what's the Pat Lawler? You know, the one with the vertical play field? Bonsai Run. Bonsai Run. It's, it's interesting and it's fun, but flipping balls at that elevation actually doesn't feel fun. It's split-second timing to spell yeah. your ABC. And, yeah, you're not going to be up there a long time. But once you come down, you want to get back up there again. I can't stand Game of Thrones upper playfield. I don't know there's stuff to do, but it just 
takes away from everything else in the game that is the super speed. I would say that also about Black Knight's upper playfield. That's why I prefer the pros in both those models. This one, I think it'll be fine. And from what we're hearing, you won't be up there a long time. It's not like it's going to be WWE or WrestleMania or whatever they called that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm good with it. And I just look at all the different shots. You had mentioned that some of them were close and maybe dangerous. I don't think they're as close as his last game in Stranger Things. Yeah, I think they are. Are they? I really haven't looked. I didn't see how close they were, but still, uh, a title I didn't see coming. There's been other titles that have been out there. The fact they turned this around. And think about it. Like, season two of The Mandalorian came out in October. Yeah. Ended in December. And here we are in May, and they've got assets. I mean, how did they turn that around that quickly? You want to talk about NDA. It's Star Wars, and they're doing this? Yeah. That blows my mind. Yep. Because we remember the story of uh, episode one on the Pinball 2000, how the team involved in that had to be in a separate room and they couldn't talk to anybody and they got very limited information as it is because they are just so protective of the IP. So, yeah, they must have had a lot of trust there to to have that and work on it early unless they literally were like, okay, it's December 15th, final episode, go. Especially for the final reveal. And I'm not going to say it if you haven't watched Mandalorian 2, but the last episode has a major reveal. If you look at the playfield, you see who the major reveal is. I'll leave it at that. Uh, okay. So that's, again, that's a quick turnaround. Did they yeah. have the game done without the art? The art was the last to come. I don't know how it takes the art. By the way, love the art. Yeah, so do I. I actually think it is a very attractive game. I think, and all models, Pro Premium and LE. Agreed. App. Like, you, you know, like sometimes there's one one model that's usually the best or there's one that's the worst. Take your pick. Yep. Can't say that about every game. I definitely felt that way about Avengers. I liked all three. Wasn't a fan of Stranger Things artwork. I liked two of the three Zeppelins. Loved all three of the monsters, including the black and white. Yeah, see, I didn't like the black and white. I, I thought it was nostalgic. I, I, I know it wasn't very, it wasn't a good seller. It wasn't. But I appreciated it for what it was and... Yeah, they had to, obviously. I think they switched to color quickly after that. But again, I like the uniqueness of it. I remember seeing at Expo, and I wish I could, I want to say it's Great American something. I think it's called Great American. Please forgive me. Someone will know and send me a note, but I think it's called Great American. They had a black and white Twilight Zone. Yes, yeah. It is gorgeous. So when I saw the black and white monsters, I was like, that kind of reminds me of that too. And how brave of them to to take that chance. And then of course, all the inserts are colored. So you, you had some color aspect to it too. But again, Mandalorian, poof, so nice looking. Absolutely. I'm sure we'll see them on location soon. One location we will not see them at is, I think it's your home city. I think that's where you said you're from. It's my favorite stomping ground in that city. I know Jesse J loves it too. I'm talking about Frankie's Pizza in Sydney, Australia, and they're getting demolished, I guess, is the best way to say it. Did you hear that? Well, when you say it's the best way to, like, it actually is being demolished. Like, that is actually the word that is being used to describe what's happening. So, Frankie's Pizza in Sydney, it's sort of, I'm trying to get my bearings. It's kind of north of the city, near near the water, sort of down near- Very near the water. Circular Quay- down that area, and it's a 
It's a relatively divey place. Great pizza, live bands, and I think there's probably about eight or nine pinball machines there. Uh, it's a fantastic venue, but yeah, it's going to be demolished to make way for a train station. I think they're trying to relocate it some way, somehow. I mean, that place is just a staple, and the bands that were there, you're playing pinball. I've said this before, maybe it was on Pinball Profiler here, but if I lived in Sydney, that is 100% one of my hangs because I love the music that I was hearing, and it was just band after band after band. One of my all-time favorite bands, Wolf Mother, played there for like a birthday gig after they were big and famous too, which was pretty cool. But the music was so good, and the pinball machines were good, well lit, the pizza was fun. Funny joint, the greatest, all-time funniest video I've ever seen. It is uh, <laughs> mature content. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, I can't recommend you Googling Frankie's Pizza's video because I, I can't bring myself to say that. So I will not say no. Google. So what we're saying is do not look up Frankie's Pizza video. I think it's been pulled, though. Don't worry. Rest assured, we can't find the uh, Frankie's Pizza video online. Perhaps it was pulled because of, oh, I don't know incredible images that were in there yeah you know how there's like a, a line that you can cross how many times did they cross right it? they just went fuck the line yeah it, it's, it was a cartoon of just everything possibly horrible you can imagine and done to your pizza yep and yet yep. that was their promo video yep oh hilarious i'm sure now they're working on the remake of fritz the cat uh <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what else? Uh, but that's too bad. Another sad news. Sorry to end on a downer here, yeah, but I do want to say some positive things about our good friend, somebody I've known actually for years personally, not just through podcasting, Albert Agar. You know him, you love him from oh, Pinball dude. Nerds podcast. He's a reach around winner himself. Gave a great speech, by the way. Uh, he's going to call it quits from the podcasting side and... Just maybe focus on streaming and stuff. But he was very public about this. I will repeat it. And I'm certainly not speaking out of school. But he just, you know, has to worry about his own physical and mental health. And had some kind of attacks, I guess, from some of the podcasts he's done. And uh, just kind of said, okay, that's it. And he's not alone, by the way. You and I, we don't give a shit. Nah. But we already know we're, what, a year, two years away from being canceled? Oh. Right? My God, yeah, minutes even. Like we're trying our hardest. To I'm just- waiting for us to stop recording so I can fucking send you a note that says, hey, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. The point is that as it pertains to pinball nerds, he's going to look after him and his family and that's the right thing to do. And we would do it too if, if we were in the same boat, by the way. For sure. But podcasters, streamers, anybody who puts themselves out there, Ed Robertson talked about it last week. Bare Naked Ladies, Hall of Fame band, so many hits, millions of albums sold, concerts worldwide. He said, and this was what stood out to me last week, he said, I've had to become a broadcaster, which is his way of saying, I put stuff out there, but it's a one-way street. In other words, ignoring the comments, ignoring the haters from the people, as he said, that would never buy a B&L album. And it's easier said than done. We know people that podcast to this day that engage some of these haters or certainly are disturbed by them and it's a slippery slope it's funny because i don't know about you marty it's nice to get good feedback and stuff but if you read the good feedback and you ignore the bad stuff 
So I guess what I'm saying is if you read the good stuff, you probably should be reading the bad stuff. So maybe it's better just to ignore it all because, you know, they always talk about don't get too hyped reading your own press clippings. You ever heard that term? No. I just made it up. but uh-huh. um, Okay. It sounded like it. No, but I guess I, if you're going to pat yourself on the back, you're probably going to take a few shots too kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, look at, look at that episode that Zach did a few weeks ago on the pinball show. Mm. Right? He tackled a hater and mm. there was no, nobody won there, did they? That was hard to listen to. But I am glad it exists. And I, and I genuinely mean that. I'm glad that it exists. And I'm glad that Zach's like, fuck it, let's just do it. Why not? I listened to it twice at regular speed. And I, Zach knows this. And by the way, we have to plug Zach. It's, uh, have we said flipping out yet? Contractually obligated. This episode brought to you by Flipping Out. Flipping Out, yeah. Please, go for all your distributor needs. Did I say flipping out? Yeah, I just did. Mm-hmm. The thing that Zach did was, I guess it just been eating him up for a while. But he also, I don't think, cares, but maybe he does. And he just had enough and thought, okay, let's try to talk some reason to people. And I'm sure the other person felt the exact same way. And there was just no give. There was no flipping, as Ed Robertson would sing. There's no taking a look at the other side. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It was like when I was trying to explain to you the merits of DJing, and it didn't matter how much information I was giving you that was fact, you didn't want to change your opinion. I think that's a perfect example. Thanks for bringing that up. I think DJs are great. You know what the problem I had was? The problem you had was understanding. It's the DJs on Twitch who are just bouncing their heads up and down and occasionally pressing a button. They're not making anything. We can't see what they're doing. If they do it in a hot tub, now that's different. (laughs) I'd be all over it if you were doing it. We have got to. We have got to do a pinball stream in a hot tub or in, in an inflatable pool. What do you reckon? I just opened my pool this weekend, so uh, mm. it's a little cold right now, but uh, I've got a few bathing suits that I would like to try out, and uh, <laughs> you, the listener, and possibly viewer, are going to be the one who benefits. So there you go. Something to look forward to here on Final Round. <laughs> uh, awesome. Where can people find us? People can find us by going to Facebook and looking up Final Round Pinball. You can go to Instagram, and that's Final Round Pinball Podcast. We are at Final Round Pin on Twitter and finalroundpinball at gmail.com if you would like to send us messages saying we're great, saying we're terrible, we're not allowed to read any of it. Did we have any emails last week? I thought we did. I think I should check it. Yeah, probably saying how great I am, how crap you are. The usual, Jeff. We did have a good email, in fact. And uh, (laughs) can I read it? It's from Kevin P. Jeff, loved hearing your conversation with Ed Robertson. Uh, glad to hear you saying we should trust the science and get the vaccine. Modern medicine is amazing. So, Jeff, trust the science and walk on the ice. It doesn't take much to be safe. When it's safe, it's safe. The science is clear. It's safe. You can do it. Take it up on the offer. Okay, that's not science. That's a fear. I know it's safe. I'm just afraid. It's like people being afraid to fly. But it's about people being afraid of the vaccine. True, I guess. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, point well made. Thank you. Jeff's getting on the ice, everybody. Jeff is not getting on the ice. <laughs> it's an irrational fear. Fear is irrational. It doesn't make sense. It defies logic. It fly, okay, the flying thing. Safest way of transportation. Not so good on the, if there's an accident, uh, survival rate. I'll give you that. But um, 
Yeah, I, I just can't see me doing. I really can't see me doing it. There's no way. I mean, I'm afraid of a couple things. Why am I admitting this? Fuck. <laughs> I'm afraid of heights. You know this because when we were in Melbourne. Oh, yeah. We went up to the observatory deck and you shut yourself. Oh, well, I did on the way up, but I yeah. just. Uh, yeah, no, you didn't enjoy that. Yeah. I was terrified. My wife, she is fearless for everything, right? There's this thing in, in Toronto called the CN Tower. You've probably heard it. See it. Have you ever seen it? Uh, went up it. Oh, that's right. It was at one point the tallest freestanding building in Seattle. And we have Seattle listeners. They have the Space Needle there. It's like their, you know, little cousin. It's so small. The CN Tower is huge. And you can go up it like you did. And you can go on the outside where there's a cage. So you get the wind hitting you. And now you can do this thing called a skywalk where you walk on the outside of it. And you're tethered. And then they say, okay, everybody lean back. And so you're leaning basically off. And the tether's holding you. My wife, piece of cake, did it. I was like, oh, like my, again, just feeling sick. You can't do anything. Kevin, who wrote this email, fears, they're real things. You can't get over them. Yeah. You're not going to take a shot at me? No. No, because as I said, fear is irrational. You can rationalize it in your mind as much as you want, but it's not going to change the fact that you've got a fear. I totally get that. As, as I talked to you about my whole fingers thing, the chances of me having something shoved under my fingernails is very slim. It's not stopping me from fearing that it's going to happen. Yeah. Trust the science, Marty, will you? Trust the science. Yeah. And trust we'll be back in a fortnight. That's it for another show. Uh, another great guest next week. And uh, we'll see you then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll speak to you in a fortnight, Jeff.